everyone, and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today I am joined by Nachman Schachter, author of a brand new Art Scroll book, Ten Steps to Eternity on the Tennis Yonis. Thank you, Reb Nachman, for joining us. Thank you very much, Yitzchak, for inviting me, and I very much appreciate you inviting me and Art Scroll publishing uh, my safer, my book. Um, it is a book, it is a safer, it it's is kind, a book, of, it is a safer. kind of a combination of both. Before yes, we get is. into the book, uh, tell us a little about yourself. I know you live in Baltimore today. Where do you come from? What's your background? Well, I grew up in Borough Park. Um, then I, uh, I went to Yeshiva in Borough Park, high school in the Mirror Yeshiva, based Medish, went from Long Beach to Lakewood, and then I learned near and near Israel, uh, where I, when I got married in 1980, we moved to Israel. Moved to, uh, was there uh, anyone over the course of your yeshiva years, anyone who uh, impacted you more profoundly than, than others? Anyone uh, you know, who was a seminal figure? So of course, we all have our elementary abeim who are wonderful, and high school are wonderful. But when I went to Long Beach, to the Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbi Yitzchak Fegelstock, I was there the second year of the yeshiva. We had 20 bochum there. So I had a personal contact with the Rosh Yeshiva and uh, he helped each of us grow in our own way. I had a close relationship with him. It was, it was very beautiful. Uh, moving to Lakewood, when I came to Lakewood, Lakewood still only had one building, the Yoshan. Rav, uh, Rav Shneer Cutler, Zechazayat was the Rosh Yeshiva. Rav Nassim Wachvogel was the Mashkiach, and mm -hmm. that was it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rav Nassim Wachvogel, um, he certainly made a very important impression on me. Um, when we first came, I came with my group, I think we had like 10 of us that came from Long Beach, and my Chavrusa and I said, you know what, wouldn't it be nice to be a Chavrusa with the Mashkiach? So we went over to the Mashkiach, we went through the lobby, went to the Mashkiach, we were about to knock on the door when we looked over and said, he's not going to learn with us, turned around and walked out. But on the way out I said to myself, why wouldn't he learn with me? So I went back, knocked on the door, he opened the door, and I said, can I learn with the mashkiach? With a big smile on his face, he said, whoever asks to learn with me, I will learn with them. Wow. It started out once a month, twice a month, three times a month, um, and before you knew it, in those days, he lived in the dormitory Monday to Thursday, and he would sleep there. So he had someone who woke him up in the morning, took him to the mikvah, and then we learned. So after a few years, I was that person, and we learned everything from Chumash to Mishnayis, Gemara, Shulchan, everything. Well, wow, it's and a big source. We're talking about what now, the late 1970s or so? Uh, yeah, yeah, late right. 1970s, right. right. So that was very beautiful. And then, um, when I moved to Lakewood, so I uh, went to shul in the Aguda of, in the Aguda of uh, Baltimore. When you, when you moved to when Baltimore? I moved to Baltimore. And, uh, and that's what, in what year was that? 1980. Okay. Got married December 1980, and the last Sheva Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um, and Rav Heinemann is the Rav there, and he is the uh, rabbinical, um, the rabbinical individual who runs the Star K. Right. So I became close with him for certain reasons, and uh, he has been a very important figure in my life for the last many, many years. Now, what have you done professionally over the last uh, 40 years, once you left Kailul, or well, you know, what, once you got married, what did you do? Well, I've done a few things, but the last, in the last 25, 30 years, I have two, um, 
two jobs that I do. One is I have a cleaning company. I clean buildings, schools, shuls, um, office buildings. I have crews that go out and clean. And my second job, Rev Heinemann, um, started in 1980 a security organization. He and some others started a security organization. There was a security issue in Baltimore, and someone ran it till 2000. He asked me to take over after 2000, and um, that's how I became close with him also because mm -hmm. a lot of many questions that would happen as far as security, um, I would ask him. So it's been a, a very beautiful relationship for many years. So writing is not your professional career, and yet you, you have written other books over the years, and now you've written a brand new art school book. How did you get into that field of writing? When did you know that you have that uh, talent and ability? So I never knew that I had the talent, and I'm only having the talent because you're telling me I have the talent, but actually, um, you know, you're asking for the story behind the story, I guess. What is, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, Rabbi Hissinger, you work here, and you work in a very exciting place, and you're involved in Torah questions and Svarim being written and authors. Every day you have a very exciting life, and I assume most people here have that kind of exciting life, but most of us who work in janitorial or other business IT, we struggle sometimes to get into the excitement of life when we're involved in what we're doing. So uh, many years ago, I tried to create that excitement um, I, I enjoy halacha. I like learning. I've always learned halacha. And there was one particular part of halacha which I felt needed my help. That if there's um, um, some kind of a, on Shabbos, if there's a koach uh, nefesh um, involved, someone is struggling for something, people around, standing around, look at each other like, do we, do we call on the phone? Do we drive them to the hospital? People are never sure, because I'm not going to be the one Bechal Shabbos. Mm -hmm. So I felt that was one area I would start seeing myself grow and getting excitement in. So I started to write about Bikuach Nefesh. Um, there are different categories, and I put together a pamphlet with Rev Heinemann. I asked him to help me. He was excited to help me. And I put together a pamphlet, and everybody loved it. Subsequently, I put together 20 other pieces Mooks, electricity on Shabbos, and other things not to do with Shabbos. Ended up putting out a Sefer, 15 years later, Guide to Halachas. So I accomplished, Baruch Hashem, what I set out to. Mm -hmm. I was excited in what I was doing. Had nothing to do with my work. Right. But my side thing, that's how I was enjoying it. Beautiful. I was enjoying And in fact, when I was coming to New York, when I was coming here yesterday, um, I got a phone call. Someone's in the hospital reading my Sefer, and he said, a certain thing, but it doesn't seem to make sense, and I, it makes sense. I said, you know something? That's technology. Technology has changed in 15 years. You're right. It does not apply anymore. So that's mm -hmm. the kind of thing I am very fortunate that I was able to get into that niche of doing things that I like. So, so now getting to this... You were, yeah, you were writing more on halacha, but now halacha. you've kind of changed course into... What would you call this new book? Is it more hashkafa, more chizuk? How would you qualify it. It's definitely Heshkafa. So when I finished that Sefer a few months later, I said, okay, let me try something in Heshkafa that I can again invigorate, excite myself with. I didn't know the topic that I was looking for. Uh, Rabbi David Ashir had just come out with Living in Muna in the, um, many years ago. He had a few Svarim. And then he came to Baltimore to speak. And it was very exciting. I enjoyed what he said uh, on Amuna And... 
the Chavis um, Alvava says, you have Menuchas HaNefesh. If you're a Balamuno, you have Menuchas HaNefesh. Rabbi Yitzchak, Menuchas HaNefesh, that's not a bad thing to get. <laughs> not a bad thing. So I said, okay, let me try a Muna, but then what's the venue? What, what am I, what am I, is it, am I learning Chavis Alvava? The first time in the Torah that it says anything about a Muna, the Hemen Bashem, the Achshvel Litzdaka, Hashem says, says witness, says Adis, on Avraham, he had Amuna. Avraham's going to be the person. And little by little, Hashem got me into the, the, uh, the test, the Asarnas Yonas. Mm-hmm. So I started to learning it. Now, when I started learning it, you have to understand, I never expected five years later, to sitting here in art school, to be talking to you about that Sefer. I was learning it for myself. Mm-hmm. No other reason. Just learning it. Now, when you say you were learning it, did you have a regimen? Were you just learning Chumash Rashi? Were you learning the Mefarshe HaMikra? What was your approach to learning about the Tennis Yonis? Okay, so that's a very good question. You can learn it on so many different levels. Of course, Chumash and Rashi. But the Midrashim, the backbone, is the Medrash Rabbah, Pekad Rebbe Eliezer, Yalkut Shemoni, all the basic Midrashim, on the subject and some of the Rishonin, the Rebbeinah Vachaya, the Ramban, and I wove them together to create this Sefer and this narrative. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And after about five tests, I realized that this, this work is so fundamental and it's so enjoyable that I think I need to start writing this up and let me see where it goes. Mm-hmm. So initially you weren't writing, you were learning it. Just learning it. Lishma. Leshma. Leshma. And then a few years later, you started putting your thoughts into writing. Right. And what, what was the format that you decided you were going to use as you were writing? What, what was the approach? So the approach was, I used the Pirkei Rebbe Eliezer, who has each Nisayon, but he also gives, explains what the Nisayon was. Not just the background explaining how it happened, but he says, Avram Avinu in the first Nisayon, he had um, greater emuna, And the second historian, he explains what they are. Mm-hmm. So I used him as the, the background, but I used all the other midrashim to weave in their side of what they felt happened, what, what did Avram say, what did Sarah say, so that they complemented each other. That was, the, that was the basis of it, the midrashim of the basis, adding in Rishonim that will clarify when necessary. Mm-hmm. Now you say it's fundamental learning about the tennis series. what Why is that and how would that apply practically to anyone watching this conversation and a mitzvah, they'll go and buy the book. How does it apply practically to their life? Day-to-day, people are going through all different types of their own nisyonis, very different than Avram Avinu's ten nisyonis. How would you say that that translates? So, of course, these are all very good questions. And um, we, Avram Avinu, was the greatest of the great. How do we fit in in Avraham Avinu's life? But the fact is, we're all going to go through Nisyonas, every one of us. Avraham went through more difficult Nisyonas, but we're all going through, on our levels, Nisyonas. There is no difference between my, my Nisyon on my lower level than someone else's, someone else's. So, if someone, it is so important to know that God cares about us. And it's so important to know that what he's doing for us is really for our best. And if we look at, if we learn about Avraham Avinu, Avraham Avinu, he was the happiest person in the world. You would never know that he 
was told to shecht his son. If you read, you don't read this from the Pesukim. The Pesukim don't tell us much of the background of Ram. They go through the, the raw steps of he did this, he did that, he did this and he did that. But we don't see the simcha. We don't see the enjoyment. We don't see the Hashem, I love you no matter what you tell me. That we don't see from the Pesukim. And that's why the Midrashim and Mishonim are so important to learn about. So we see really what he was feeling mm -hmm. and really how it applies to us. From, the, from Lech Lecha and Vayera, you don't see how it applies to us. Avram came here, he went Lech Lecha, and then he, he had a Mila, and then he changed his name. Okay, what does it have to do with Nachman Shachter? But when you start reading that when he was about, when he had his test with Sarah being taken by Paro, and he's crying to Hashem, well, I'm also crying to Hashem, maybe not the same way, but I have a test that I'm about to approach this difficult thing that I know is going to happen to me today and, and what should I say, what should I do? I may not have the same words as Avram Avinu, but I'm going to daven to Hashem. And by mm -hmm. seeing it continually, each Nisayon at every different time, how his words and how he speaks to Hashem, that applies to me. It applies very much to me. Did you find that certain specific Nisayonists of Avram Avinu could provide very specific chizik to certain contemporary nesiyanis? You know, was there any parallel that you found? Uh, that's a difficult thing for me to say. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. Not really sure. It's um, Amuna, of course, and just, um, well, if you go through each of them, he, he, has, he has troubles with, uh, let's say, Yishmael. Right. Yishmael is asked to be sent away. That's, that sort of applies today also, how we have children sometimes that we may have to send away. So there is information there and this feeling of how Avram dealt with it. Mm -hmm. So yes, there's a lot to cull from what he did. You have to sit down and look. Asking on one foot, mm -hmm. it needs to be looked at, but there is plenty there that applies today. Going through these tenors and especially delving into the Midrashim as you did, was there one or two uh, revelations? Was there an epiphany that you had that you saw something that maybe you had never seen before that totally reframed the way you looked at this, we'll call it a sugya, this sugya of the tennis yainis? So, um, as you just said, this is a sugya, but it's a tremendous, Lech Lecha is a tremendous sugya for Klai Yisrael, and whoever will read my book, and I say my book, but it's really the Torah. I, if I would have written a fiction book with names and plots, it's my book. It's not my book. These are, there is practically nothing in there of Nachman Shachter. Mm. One or two small things that Rav Heinemann said I could write, I wrote. Otherwise, Nachman Shachter doesn't put his opinion anywhere. That's what's very unique about this. This is all Midrashim, all Rishonim, some Achronim, Mechtevelio, uh, a few, but mostly Rishonim. So it's not really my work. It's the Torah. Mm. So it's all in there, and whoever's going to read it, will react to it, will feel whatever applies to them. Mm. So what I say applies to me, someone else is for sure going to say, well, look at that, and I see this applies to me. But as far as what's an epiphany, I would think that something that I mentioned before, that when you see Lech Lecha you don't really see that Avram is talking to Hashem. He talks to Hashem in Lech Lecha, 
in, uh, in the Akedah, Hashem speaks to him, and a little bit in the, um, by the seventh test, by Hachanas um, Zarchim. But one thing you see from the Drashim is all day, all day, Avram Avinu is talking to Hashem in whatever it is. Every step he takes, we say in, um, I'm not, we say in, um, by Atinus, at the end of the um, Slichas, we say, where did he call out to Hashem? You look in the Pasuk, look in the Pesukim, it doesn't say anywhere he, he, he was asking for anything. Mm-hmm. Hashem told him, bring it, bring it, bring it, doesn't say anything. But if you read the Midrashim, he's talking to Hashem from the time he left. He's asking Hashem every day, this, what can I do here? Speaking out Yitzchak, this happened, whatever it was, he's talking to Hashem the whole way because he was in commune with Hashem the whole time. So that to me is something that really made an impression. Um, like we used to hear um, the Pasha de Muna, the mamas lived in Europe. Mm-hmm. They woke up in the morning and said, Hashem, Please put food on my table. Please help my children. Did they go to Beis Yaakov? Did they go to Sarishnir? No. They had the Pasha and Muna because they spoke to Hashem. Reading the Madrashim brings you back that to talk to Hashem. To talk mm-hmm. to Hashem. That's, we a great, that's a great takeaway. If there's something people could learn from this is that there is that need to talk to the Rabbani Shalom like a, like a father because he is one. Yes. And I think you would agree, and I, I could say from sitting in this chair and the conversations we've had in this room, so many books on Amun and Betachan have come out, and there seems to be such a tremendous thirst out there, especially today, maybe more than ever, for Chizik and Amun and Betachan. And what you've done here with this Sefer, this book, is you've gone really back to the very first person. You've gone to the source, so to speak, the first person to recognize the Rabbanu Shalom on his own, and the first person to speak to the Rabbanu Shleilam in that, in that way, and, uh, and someone who went through tremendous, tremendous challenges and came out on the other side, uh, you know, so to speak, with, so fly, let, with flying colors. So, excuse me, let me just clarify. Yeah. Other Mauritian recognized Hashem. Right. Hanoch, others. Noach recognized. Right. So we, we can't take away from them. I understand. I, I'm, so, because there are those going to say, well, what about them? Right. So, we're not to take away. But Avram Avinu was in his own league. Avram Avinu, Klai Yisrael came from Avram, not from the others. They were great people. They're in Gan Eden. But Avram Avinu started Klai Yisrael. He was in a whole different league of knowing Hashem. He's the first one who Hashem said, um, You know, who I am. Um, Abraham said, okay, I'll walk through fire for you. No one else till then walked through fire for Hashem. It was a whole different hakara mm-hmm. of what Avram Avinu knew and, and, and thought, and that's where we come from, Avram, because it's a whole different level. Wow. As we wrap up, any final thoughts that you want to share about uh, this, this book specifically? Um, I hope that people will buy it. And um, this was written... The narrative was written for simple people who want to read it as a book. Mm-hmm. I, I have a novel. I'll take this novel. I'll, take, I'll, t- I'll try the 10 tests f- to eternity. It can be written as a novel. It, it, can, it can be read as a novel. It can be read as someone who wants to 
uh, internalize some of the limudim, some of the, the, what's uh, written in the book. It's also written for the, uh, the Talmud Scala. The right. Talmud Scala shouldn't say, I know too much. You do know too much, but there's more than a narrative. I wrote the book with insights. Insights are, uh, the malachim come to Avram Avinu. Did Avram know that they were malachim or that they were human beings? Okay, it's a question. It's machlokis. Well, if they were malachim, why are you feeding them food? And how could we learn chesed from malachim? That's a question. Insights answer that. The, one of the, uh, it says that the, the, um, the calf, uh, the, uh, the animal that Avram took was, it was created Erev Shabbos. Well, why have to be created of Shabbos? What's the difference? Maral answers that. It's in an insight. Meaning, this is something, extra credit. You don't have to read it. It's going to be on the bottom. But if you want to learn the safe and read the safe, you will find, even if you're a Talmud, even if you're a Talmud Chacham, you'll find things that probably you haven't read before. Well, I think that's an important point that you brought up, that the book, um, from going through in a manuscript, I noticed that it is very much approachable. You know, some people might think a book, Tennis Yannis, Avram Avinu, that's going to be way above my league and, uh, you know, above my pay grade. Maybe I should try something else. But you put it down in very, very contemporary terms um, with relatable analogies and really doing it in a way that any person, man, woman, child, no matter what their station in life, could really glean tremendous chizik and direction from it. And uh, I'm sure that's going to be the feedback that you'll hear, Mitz Hashem, as so. the book gets out there and as you spread the, that message of Amun Mitz Hashem. May I say one more thing? Of course. You have close to 100 stories, contemporary stories, never heard before. Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate. Again, I'm not a writer and I'm not a story person. It came, it, Baruch Hashem, it came. Stories that people relating to Avram is one thing but relating to your fellow friend who lives in your city around because I have the names of the people who would happen to right. in the real, book. Real names. Real, real names. Yeah. So it really happened. And people can relate to that in a different way. In a different way. We have stories from those who left Iran. Two long stories. One that left in the hot desert of 120 degrees and the other one that left in the middle of the winter with six feet of snow walking through rivers, literally freezing rivers with your clothes on the head. There's a lot of interesting stories, right. stories that people will find that they can learn from a lot. Well, Karl Kovod, thank you for taking the time to write the book. Thank you for sharing it with Klal Yisrael and Amir Tashem. Uh, people will gain tremendously from it. Thank you, Reb Nachman, for coming in. Thank you very much. I really thank appreciate you so it. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you.